Well, good morning, everybody. I hope you guys are doing well. It's been a couple of weeks since I've been in here with you, so I have missed being in, in, uh, in our contemporary service, but uh, it is good to be here with you this morning. Um, if you've got your bulletin with you, we're going to be looking at a passage of Scripture from the Gospel of Mark. And uh, this takes place uh, right before what Fran preached on last week. So if you were here last week when she talked about Jesus and the storm, this is what happens right before that. Uh, and so uh, if you'll get your bulletin, if not, it'll be up on the screen. Uh, we'll get right into this. Now, as we read these verses, um, we're just going to kind of go through it. Um, what you're going to see is that Jesus is talking about something that everybody in this room experiences. So this is something that you experience. This is something that I experience. Everybody in this room is going to experience what Jesus is talking about. And uh, hopefully these parables that he tells us gives us some encouragement this morning. Uh, but Mark chapter 4, we're going to be in verse 26. Now the context is he's, he's at the Sea of Galilee. Uh, large crowds have, have gathered to, to listen to him. And he's been teaching and uh, he had just finished teaching a parable about the sower who goes out and sows the seed. And it's just one of the famous parables that we see in, in the life of Jesus. And uh, it's, it's a powerful one. But then he goes on to tell a few more parables. And then in verse 26, he says this. He was saying, the kingdom of God is like a man who casts seed upon the soil. And he goes to bed at night and gets up daily and the seed sprouts and grows, how he himself does not know. Verse 28, the soil produces crops by itself. First the stalk, then the head, then the mature grain in the head. Now when the crop becomes, or, or when the crop permits, he immediately puts in the sickle because the harvest has come. So that's the first parable we're going to look at. He says, you know what? What can I compare the kingdom of God like? What, what is the kingdom of God like? What is God's kingdom like? And he tells this parable. Then he goes on, verse 30. He was saying, how shall I picture the kingdom of God? In other words, what's it like? He, he told us a parable. And then he says, if I can give you a word picture, if I can kind of help you understand a little bit more, what would it be like? And he says this, um, verse 31. It is like a mustard seed which when sown upon the soil, though it is the smallest of all the seeds uh, that are in the, upon the soil, verse 32, yet when it is sown, it grows up and becomes larger than all the garden plants and forms large branches with the result that the birds of the sky can nest under its shade. So he said, well, gosh, what kind of word picture can I give you guys? Well, let me, let me just say it, it's like a mustard seed. Now, how many of you guys have seen a mustard seed? Some of you have. A lot of you have. And Jesus goes and says, well, it's the smallest of the seeds. So it's just a little bitty seed. But then he goes on to talk about when it's sown in the ground, what happens. That We'll unpack it in just a minute. Verse 33, we'll finish up the verses. And with many such parables, he was speaking the word to them, so as far as they were able to understand it. Verse 34, and he did not speak to them without a parable, but he was explaining everything uh, privately to his own disciples. 
So as we look at this passage of Scripture, we see there's two parables that we're going to unpack this morning. Two things that Jesus says, I want, I want to help us all to understand God's kingdom. I want us all to understand a little bit about what God is doing in the world. And I want to give you a word picture. I want to give you something that you've seen before so you can remember it and think about it. And then his disciples, he would go privately and say, listen, I want to make sure you guys completely understand what I'm saying. I don't want there to be any confusion. I want you to understand it. So as they're presenting the gospel, as they're talking about Jesus after the resurrection, they're accurately trying to depict to those who listen what God wanted them to understand, what God wants us to understand. So in these two parables, I see three things that we all experience together. The first one is growth. All of us are growing. The second thing I see in there is change. Growth and change. We've all experienced changes in our life. And the last thing is results. There's, there's things that are a result of that. So the first thing as we look at, or the first thing I see is, is growth. And let's talk a little bit about that. So as Jesus says, uh, you know, the kingdom of God is like this. And he uses the, the, the understanding of a seed. And so the first seed in the first parable, the, the farmer goes out, the man goes out and, and, and plants it in the ground. And then he goes to bed. And he just goes through his everyday life, and it says, Jesus says, that it grows, and it sprouts, and it does that because the soil, what's in the soil, what's there, allows it to do that. And the, the farmer, the man, you and I don't know how that's happening. We don't know how we grow. Uh, we just know that we are growing. And we'll unpack some things in just a minute about what helps us to grow. The soil helps the plants to grow. The water helps the plants to grow. The sun helps the plants to grow. But it, it is, um, results is that it sprouts and it grows. Uh, in the second parable, we see that this mustard seed is put in the ground just like the first seed was. But then it grows up. Being the smallest, now it becomes the largest. So that growth for the mustard seed was from very small to very large. Um, the first parable, the growth is, is something that God does, something that is kind of mysterious, something that the farmer doesn't understand, or the man who plants it doesn't understand how it grows. But it grows. We all grow. Now, we all grow physically. Amen? I'm looking at little Lane over there, sweet Lane. She's a lot smaller than all of us, right? But guess what? In three years, where is she going to be? She's going to be a lot taller. And then in about seven years, she's going to be a lot taller. And... Uh, and so we, we physically, we grow, amen? So what do we need to physically grow? What are, now, this is going to be kind of an interaction. There's no right or wrong, but just I want you to have the courage to say, raise your hand and I'm going to call you. So what do, we got, what do we need to physically grow? We know this. There's no, it's not a trick question. What do we need? Food, amen? We need food. And the better quality food we eat, the better our body does. So if we eat potato chips all the time and drink Coca-Cola, which, you know, you know, neither one of them are horrible, but if that's all your diet is, it's, it's not that good. So what did your grandmother, what did your mother, what did your parents tell you to eat your vegetables, amen? Because there's, there's good nutrients from that. Um, like me, uh, you know, I'm not the best dad in the world, and I remember Fran went on a trip, and uh, she was out of the country, and so she kept saying, Mark, make sure you feed the girl. We've got three daughters. Make sure you feed the girls well. And I was like, okay. So she called from overseas, and, uh, you know, Katie answers the phone and said, Katie's our youngest daughter at the time. She was probably elementary school. And she said, well, how are you doing? We're doing great. We're having fun. Well, what are y'all eating? We're eating popcorn and ice cream. <laughs> That's what I was feeding them, popcorn and ice cream. And Fran got me on the phone. She said, honey, please feed them something with popcorn and ice cream. I said, I will, I will. 
So anyway, the next time Fran calls, um, we'd had a Wednesday night supper at the church, and I was talking about how Fran's doing great on the trip. It was a group from the church that had gone on this trip and doing great, and everybody's having a good time, everybody's safe. And, and I said, but, you know, uh, you know we, we sure miss having Fran around for lots of reasons. And one of the ladies said, well, you know, uh, how are you doing cooking? I said, well, I'm not doing too good. Well, anyway, so some of the ladies in the church had pity on me, and they started bringing all this food over to the house. So uh, the next time Fran calls, Katie answers the phone, and uh, it's time before cell phones. Uh, she said, how you doing? Everything's good. What are y'all eating? Mama, these sweet ladies from the church came and brought all this food. We got all this food. So Fran got me. I was like, Mark, did you guilt those ladies in the church to, to feed y'all? No, I didn't do that. But anyway, but the bottom line is we, we, biologically we need food, amen, and preferably not popcorn and ice cream, but, you know, not potato chips and Coke, but, but the good stuff that the ladies from the church that brought over. So, so we need food. What else do we need to grow? Rest, yes, right. We, we need to sleep, we need to work, we need to sleep, but, but that helps restore our minds and things like that. What else do we need? Challenges, yeah. Yeah, if you want to grow, you, you've got to have things that help you and that resistance and that thing uh, that th those produce. Um, one other thing, it starts with the letter T, and you don't think about it, but what, what else do we need to grow? We need what? Time, yeah, growth takes time amen and we've got to be patient with that and so when the farmer when this man puts the seed in the ground he does go to sleep he doesn't stand there tapping his foot going okay i put you in the ground five minutes ago you know i'm ready to eat some corn i'm ready to eat some wheat he doesn't do that right he gives it time and god when god creates us physically there's this this growth process there's this we need time to grow. We need to eat eating good food. We need to be nourished. We need to have challenges. All those things that allow us to grow. And so physically we grow. Now, another thing I want you to interact with me. What do you need? Now, we, grow, we know we grow physically, but we also, we're, we have a physical body. We're a spirit, and we have, have a soul. So just like God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, we're triune beings, and so we have a, a soul and a spirit. We know what we need to do to grow physically, but what are some things that come to your mind that we need to have to grow spiritually? What do we need? And there's no right or wrong answer, but what, what comes to your mind? What? Community. Yes. Part of our spiritual development, when God, God creates us, he creates us to be a part of a community. Amen? We're not to be isolated on our own. Now, our commitment to Christ is an individual, personal commitment. I, I can't make that commitment for you. Your parents can't make that commitment for you. Your grandparents were probably praying for you. It's a personal commitment. But it's never a private commitment. Amen? So when we, when we get saved and we become part of the family of God, we're part of a community. We, we have others around us. And the beauty of that is, uh, you know, when you're, when you're doing great, you got folks to cheer you on. But when things aren't going so great, what do you have? You have that group of people that come around you and love on you and encourage you. And, and when you fall down, there's somebody there to pick you up. And, and so we, we are created to be a part of this community. In the Old Testament, God speaks to the nation of Israel. Now, he, he deals with individuals, but it was the nation, the nation, the nation, my people. My, and so it was important, and it is important for us to understand that, that God wants to be a part of, of a community of faith. So that's why you're here in church, is to worship God, to love God individually, but also to be a part of something larger to be a part of the body of Christ, as Paul writes about to the churches in Corinth and others, that we're part of a body. And so it, we, we've got to have that to grow spiritually. Uh, what are some other things that come to your mind? The Word, exactly. So 
we, we, we cannot grow spiritually without God's Word because uh, we'll start making up things that, that you know, we'll, we'll make God in our own image. We'll come up with all these ideas because we just do. But God said, you know what? I want to reveal myself to my creation, and I want them to understand me accurately. I want them to know me personally and intimately. And so as Jesus comes, and, and like we saw at the end of this, he explained to his disciples what he was talking about so they could understand. So God's word is there to help us know who God the Father is, what Jesus came to do, the eyewitnesses that wrote the account of what Jesus did so we can understand and have it. The Holy Spirit helps us. Uh, it reveals us uh, to us. And so we, we want to learn. We want to grow. And I know that in my personal experience, you know, I was blessed to be in a family that took me to church. I went to church on Sunday mornings and, and, and Sunday nights with youth and things like that. But it wasn't until I started reading the Bible for myself and then began to fall in love with, with his word and wanted to memorize it and, and meditate on it, think about it during the day and, 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 and understand who Jesus is. That's when my growth began to, to really take off. And that's what I continue to have to have and we all need is God's word. And how do you know about Jesus? How do we know about how we're supposed to live? Because God, he, he shows us in his word. Here's how I want you to live. And then you've got the history of the church to say, here's how we've interpreted that. And here, here's how that we live that out in community. And so we've got to have the word, amen? God's word, it's living and active. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. It, it, it's able to instruct us and correct us and teach us and and so we've got to have the scriptures we got to have the word of god and so uh yeah it's just like the food that we eat right uh that physical food well this is god's word it's that nourishment you know the psalmist said oh how i love thy laws my meditation on the love all the day but it's sweeter to me than honey and we've talked about this in the, in the past you know how much i like snicker bars right and i might if i was writing it i'd probably say it's sweeter to me than a snicker bar or some kind of candy bar but God's word, he said, oh, man, I love it. It's what I think about, but I love it more than something that is so just wonderful to my taste. I, I want to eat it. I want to meditate on it. I, wanna, I want it to be a part of me. So God's word is so, so important. So we need God's community, right, with the people of God. We need God's word. What else, what else do we need to grow? Trials, just kind of like Kyle was saying, yeah, if we don't have um, things that, that test us and uh, pressure from the outside, then we, we don't truly grow. It's, it's, it's the image of, of the insect and the little uh, insects that are in cocoons. And when they break out of those cocoons and, and the struggle to break out forces the, the flow of life through its wings and things like that. And so there's this story of preacher story, and I guess it's a true story, but this little boy found this cocoon and, they, and he saw the, the little uh, insect trying to get out and he started tearing open the cocoon to help it. And when the, the, the butterfly came out, it, it, it didn't form well because it didn't have the, the struggle and, and it wasn't forcing the, the, the life into the wings and things like that. And it was deformed for the rest of its life. And so the idea of struggle, there's nothing wrong with that sometimes. There's, there's this, we have to have that. Uh, athletes, they know that when they push themselves, their muscles, uh, it, it's difficult, that struggle, but then the muscles get stronger. And so lifting weights, resistance, those kind of things help our muscles get stronger. So in that physical sense, it's like that. And in a spiritual sense, it's like that. Now, I remember last week when Fran talked about uh, the, the storm and, and disciples get in the boat and, and the storm comes in suddenly. Growth takes time, right? 
And storms can be in our life, and they're instantaneous. And we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit more in change when we talk about growth and change. But the struggle and how their faith was increased is what I want to mention now. So they were terrified of the storm, right? These were, these were fishermen. Some of them were, had lived on the lake, and they, they understood about the storms that come in. But this one was so severe, they, they thought they were going to die. They weren't going to survive it. So they wake Jesus up, and when Jesus calms the storm, speaks silent, be still to that storm, what do you think that did to their faith? It blew their mind, right? I mean, who is this man that even the wind and the waves obey? Oh, he is, he is the one. He, you know. And so on the other side of that experience, that struggle, fear for their life, their understanding of who Jesus is. He said, you know, why were you scared? What, what caused you to have that fear? What, what was going on in your, in your heart, you know? Uh, know that I'm with you, and, and I'm going to speak to those storms in your life. On the other side of that struggle, on the other side of that challenge, their faith was stronger, amen? They were like, man, we can do anything, because we went through a storm, and Jesus was right there with us, and even... Even to the point of death, we're not going to fear that. We're not going to be timid with that. We, and when we experience these, these emotions, we know that we can take them to the Lord and, and we can be all right. And so these struggles in life, these, 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 these things, these storms that we go through, knowing that Christ is with us and who God is helps us. And on the other side, we come out, we're stronger. Amen? We're, 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 we grow in our understanding, our knowledge, our maturity. And, and so we, we, we need to have that. What are some other things that come to mind? Thanksgiving? Yeah, yeah, be grateful. You know, uh, we grow, and, and, and the more we're grateful, the more we have the opportunity to, 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 to receive those blessings and to see the world in a way that God wants us to see it. You know, instead of being angry and hostile and, 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 and negative about things, uh, which can be our tendency sometimes, we can, when we're thankful with a grateful heart, and we take that perspective, um, who's got a quarter Anybody got a dime or a quarter? You got to help me here. Who's got one? So you got Daniel, you got some money, don't you? <laughs> so, uh, I, I need a quarter or a dime or something like that. He's got that. All right, thank you. Let's give Daniel a big hand. He has rescued me. Thank you, Daniel. All right. So Thanksgiving, uh, to me, it's always been what we focus on is so critical. Amen. So if these are my problems or these are issues or these are, you know, and, and I focus on it and all I do is, is just focus on it, then that blurs everything else. And it, and it causes me to, to have a, I don't know, just a, it, it dif, it's difficult to move forward. But when I take it and I, and I move it out and I put it in perspective and I give thanks to God and I'm grateful for him and I realize who he is and what he's done and, and I put my focus on him then the perspective of my problems, my issues, uh, I, know, I know I can endure them. Amen? It's like the storm was like this for these disciples. They, they, were, they were in the middle of it, and it was, it was terrifying. But then after that experience, they were like, oh, you know, a storm is only this. But Jesus is all of this. And giving thanks helps me. So Thanksgiving helps me get life in perspective. And helps me focus on who God is. And then the issues of the day or the concerns or the projects or whatever it might be that we've got going on 
we, we keep them in focus. Amen. Daniel, can I toss this back to you? Thank you. It was my bad. It was a bad throw. Um, so Thanksgiving. Oh, what are some other? We'll move on in a minute. But what else? We, this is what we need to grow spiritually. Uh, what are some other things coming up? Prayer. Exactly. Talking to God. You know, it's the, it's the relationship that, that we have that with him. And as we grow, we, we want to grow in our love for him, our knowledge of him, our understanding of him. So the word is so important. But it's a relationship. It's a two-way relationship. And, and many times, our prayers are just one way. And we're like, God, I need this, or God, do this, or God, you know, and, and, and he wants to hear those prayers. And he listens to every prayer, which blows my mind, not only here in Macon, but in the entire state of Georgia. And not only in the entire state of Georgia, but the United States. And then all over the world, God has the ability, and God is who he is. And he, anybody who cries out to him, anybody who, who, who pleads and says, God, hear my prayer, God hears their prayer. He never sleeps. He never slumbers. He's, 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 he's always there. So he hears your prayers. So, so we want to pray. We want, want it to go that way, right? God wants it to go that guy. He, he wants us to talk to him. But then as, as we sing, Kyle, as y'all let us in sing, we need to be still sometimes and just listen and say, God, is there anything you, you want to say to me? And he will. He'll speak. To, and part of that growth, it takes time. Growth takes time. We, we, we start wanting to learn to hear the voice of the Lord. God, what, is, what does it mean to hear from you? What, you know, how do you speak to me? Sometimes it's through his word. It's a scripture. Sometimes it's, it's a, the lyrics to a Christian song or something. Maybe it's something that your parents have told you that he's using and he's speaking to us. And he, but, but we've got to have that faith. And the more we hear him, the more we understand him, the more we act on the things that he tells us to do, the stronger our faith becomes. We grow, we mature in that, amen? Now, one of the things we, we, we don't need to be insecure about is, you know, well, how do I know it's the voice of the Lord? How do I know if it's, is that God or is that just me thinking or is it just, you know, what voice is that coming to me? Well, the Lord will never tell you to do anything that contradicts the word of God, amen? So, crazy example. God would never, never say, Okay, Mark, um, in the morning, I want you to get up, and I want you to go to SunTrust Bank, and I want you to rob the bank and, and get $1,000 from the teller, and then I want you to um, support this ministry in Guatemala with that $1,000. Okay. God would never do that. I know that's a crazy example, but God's not going to contradict the word, his word, what we can trust. He's, he's not going to tell you to do something that's going to be harmful or hurtful or, or, or break one of his, his, what we know, the moral codes, things like that. So if those are thoughts that come in your mind, it's like, well, that's not the Lord, you know, that kind of thing. So, yeah, prayer. So prayer is a two-way, needs to be a two-way thing. Um, any other things that come to your mind that we, we've, we've talked about God's word, we've talked about challenges, we've talked about uh, community, we've talked about giving thanks. Anything else come to mind? Worship. Exactly. Who said that? Yes, worship. I mean, spending that time in, in prayer and worship is that intimacy with God. Songs have really been a big part of my spiritual growth. I, I love, there was, uh, when I first was really getting on fire for God, there was a guy named Keith Green. Do you all remember Keith Green? Yeah, so, so back in the 80s, uh, he would play the piano and sing. He just, he just such a passion for the Lord. He's, he's, he's passed from this life to the next. Uh, but music, early on, um, 
the simple camp songs that, that I learned as a, as a little camper, the Christian songs. I mean, I've got a river of life. Lord, that We sang that today, flowing out of me. Those were songs that, were, uh, that I remember as a kid, and, and, and worshiping and singing and just focusing on God with worship is, was so, is so much a part of our growth. Well, let's, let's continue on. There's other things, um, and, and, and you think about that. And so, so the, the seed that was planted, amen, it grew. The farmer didn't know how. But we know that, that as Jesus has explained some of these parables to us and we, and we know about soil and things like that, we know these are things that we do to help grow, not only physically but spiritually. Um, and so the kingdom of God, he said the kingdom of God is like this. And so it starts off small like we do as an infant, and then we grow into maturity. So this growth, this change that takes place, we're not, we're not going to stay 2-year-olds. We're not going to stay 13 years old. We're not going to stay 18. We physically, we grow. And then spiritually, we do the same thing. We're not a babe in Christ where the apostle said, you know, i got to give you the milk of the word because you're, you're not mature enough spiritually to understand it. And so the more we grow, the, the deeper things of God that we can understand from the scriptures. So this, the, there's this change that takes place. And so in the kingdom of God, there's this change that takes place. The growth goes from the smallest seed to the biggest seed. And so in the growth, we see Jesus had 12 disciples. He had 12 men, that, and then he had multitudes that followed him. And in that multitude, there were people that, of, of different levels of commitment. So in, in the upper room, uh, when Jesus ascends to heaven, says, listen, stay and, and wait till you get the power from on high, uh, there's 120 people that had been committed to Christ, that had loved the Lord, that had followed him, that were gathered together. Now, remember when Judas hung himself and they had to replace that 12th disciple? They had to draw from a pe group of people that had been with Jesus from the very beginning until his crucifixion. And there were two guys that they brought up to say, hey, here's two guys that meet that criteria who've been hanging out with us. They weren't a part of the 12, but they've heard Jesus' teachings. They followed him. They were part of the entourage, the crowd that were around him. And there were two guys that were like that. So it goes from being small, small group, to bigger and bigger. And then on the day of Pentecost, when Peter preaches, there's 3,000 people that say, man, I, I believe Jesus is the Messiah. He is, I believe his death was for my salvation. And, and he's raised from the dead. And they responded to that grace of God. And, and they come into the kingdom. And then through the book of Acts, we see, man, it just continues to grow. It continues to grow. It continues to grow. And, uh, and it, it just takes over. The kingdom of God was taken over. So numerically, it's just growing. And so you and I are part of that same process. We want to not only be faithful here to talk about Christ with others, pray for people to come into the body of Christ to be saved, but we want to go into all the world, and we do that. We go into other places uh, throughout the world, throughout the United States as well, to, to, to tell people about Christ so they can come in. So this, the kingdom of God is growing. So the change that takes place, we're not going to hit on this a whole lot for the sake of time, uh, but change, we're, we don't all stay the same. We, we are growing in that process. And then our circumstances, and this is what's hard, don't always stay the same. Those change, whether we move to a new town or, or, or as Fran talked about last week, the storm. The storm can be all types of things. It could be a, a physical experience where someone is, is, is sick or it could be cancer or they could be at a severe accident. And our world in an instant can change, sometimes for, for just devastating change. And in the midst of that storm, in the midst of that change, we count on God, we trust in God, and, and we realize that, that he is right there. He's not going to forsake us. He's not going to leave us. He is right there in the midst of that storm to help us and to, and to provide for us. And the community of faith gathers, or gathers around us, and we have people that are praying for us. And so this change that we experience, it takes time, 
But sometimes the changes in our life are instantaneous and they're, and they're severe and they're like a storm and they're brewing. And so we have to remember and we are to remember these principles that we learn about what happens in the storm and who is the one who's with us in the storm. And so growth and change, we're growing and there's all kind of changes that take place. But then what are the results? What are the results of that? In these parables, we see that the first thing is that it's a harvest. That first parable, the result is the grain becomes mature to the point where the man puts in the sickle and there's a harvest. Now, in other places in Scripture, harvest, uh, Jesus in some of the parables, is related to the, the final judgment, the end times and the harvest. That, I don't think that's the focus of this uh, parable here. The harvest is the result of the growth, the result of the change that takes place, the, the stalk and the mature head and all that kind of stuff. And so the result is the harvest. And what do they do with the harvest? They would make bread out of that. They would make things that would be a blessing. They would make uh, out of that the produce of that, the result of that is to, to be shared and to be blessed. So a part of our growth, a part of the kingdom of God, uh, as Jesus is telling us, is as it grows and change, the result of it is to be a blessing. The result of your growth, the growth of your change, of you being a, a disciple, is to be a blessing to someone else. The harvest that's a result of that, the fruit that is born from that is good, it's positive, it's helpful, it embraces instead of pushes away. And so that's the, the part of the result. Uh, and the final parable, as Jesus talks about the mustard seed, when it grows from the smallest seed to the largest plant within the garden, uh, the birds of the air come and, and they nestle in it and, and they have, find safety in it and they find shade in that. And so the result is, is blessing. And so as the church continues to grow, we, we are impacting for good our communities, and there's blessing there. There's encouragement there. As you continue to grow spiritually, there's blessing that comes from your life because you know more about Jesus, and you want to be more like Jesus because you, the, the, the result of our growth, our maturity and growth is to be as Christ-like as we can be. As, as, as the apostle writes, I want Christ to be formed in me. You know, my goal is to be like Christ. I want, I want to be like the Father. And so that's our goal. That's what we want to be like. And so the more and more that happens, the result of that is, man, you're a blessing. You're someone people want to be around because you exude Christ-likeness. And we understand about forgiveness. We understand about compassion. We understand about mercy. And so if someone slaps us, either emotionally or whatever, physically, what did Jesus say? Turn the other cheek. You know, don't, don't, don't do harm to somebody who's done harm to you. And so, so as we're growing in this maturity and, and people around us are like, wow, that, there's something about that person. And it's the Jesus in us, amen? And so this maturity, this growth, this result is blessing. It's blessing. And people come and get ministered to and find shelter there and find compassion and find a home. And so that's, as Jesus is talking about that, we all experience this growth and change and the good results. Amen? Amen.